Hi, I'm Mark Geary, and you're listening to the You Think That's Funny podcast. You can say that accusatorily, or you can say that interrogatively. You think that's funny. Uh, you can go to youthinkthatsfunnypodcast.com if you want to, before listening to this episode, to look up the links of the things we are talking about. On this week's show, we have Steve Delahoyd reading from Steve's website. And knowing Steve, of course, uh, I can say that Steve is a multi-skilled filmmaker. He has produced, directed, edited, animated, sometimes all at once, hundreds of commercials, corporate videos, trade show promotions, and very, very funny short films. My disclosure for this week is that Steve has been a personal friend and collaborator at the Lincoln Lodge for nearly two decades now. And you can see Steve's work and uh, latest project uh, with Steve Martin in it at thehoid.com. So, hello, Steve. Hello. Hello again. All righty. So, uh, let's get going on your list. Let's just get right. straight into it. Um, enough with the pleasantries, Mark. So, um, <laughs> your, the first thing on your list um, is, and I'm going to explain this a little bit more than I would normally because I had to look this up. Found objects planted by humorists that someone is going to find and react to. Mm -hmm. um, and you said the same deal with Dom Jolly's Trigger Happy TV, which I looked at more of a prank thing. So please explain the planted found objects to us. Sure. So there's a couple of, there's, there's a guy who's been around forever, and I, I shamefully don't know his real name, um, but he's operated under Obvious Plant. Um, and he's made... Uh, like product things that look very real um but they're ridiculous uh and he, he there it's like product design so he packages these things and uh they're they're very bizarre but then he leaves them in stores um i'm trying to think of some examples i'd have to look it up but he the idea is is that you see the thing and the thing on its own is very funny um but the I don't know more abstract version of it is is that it's wonderful to think about the person walking through like a Safeway and seeing that thing for the first you know and seeing this bizarre thing and sort of wrapping their head around um, what that uh, what's that doing here and is this real and um, it it's just. It, it's ridiculous. There's a. I'm just looking it up now. It's there's a package that says "Pretend Mommy is Dead" and it's a little tombstone, but it's wrapped up in like a dollar store packaging thing, uh, and it's always in like broken English, sort of like this is a product that was packaged in another country and found its way to this dollar store. Um, kind of like the ones where you see the cheap version in the uh, the costume store, like yeah, yeah, space, and, space and, Invader Man, and it's really hand Solo or something. Yeah, yeah. And there's been this tradition, there was somebody else that's been doing this since like the 80s or so, like this isn't the first guy who's done it. Um, uh, my friend Dan Henrik uh, was sharing this this thing with me of this guy who's been doing this sort of thing forever. 
Um, and there's also, there's an old book called the Principia Discordia, um, which was, is super weird, but the, the, the push of the thing is that it, it's how great it is to make people like to shatter their world for a little bit <laughs> with something, something insane and make them, you know, kind of temporarily like look around the world and like nothing makes sense for a fleeting couple of seconds. It's a fun um, sort of gaslighting. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and when I was in my younger days in my twenties or something, my friend Waki and I would, um, we'd make flyers and stuff and leave them in people's windows, like car windows. There was one about, it was a flyer all about why my first name isn't Adam or something like that. And it was sort of this like treatise on why whoever this person was, why they, why their first name wasn't Adam. Um, and you could just imagine, you never see the person get the thing and yeah. look at it like, what the hell is this? But you can sort of imagine yeah. of, of them going through that process and like you you hope that people would enjoy it but you also like yeah. you can just imagine somebody getting off of work and finding this thing is like what the hell and and or being upset at it or so you know just yeah. having some sort of reaction but you're never going to see it yeah. um and that that's in with the dom jolly he had a tv show that was i believe in trigger happy yeah they ported it over it was on comedy central for a couple of seasons um and the, the entire thing it was like a candid camera where he would do prank yeah. stuff but it was never focused on for very long like the person reacting to it it yeah. was all just about the event like it was all in your head you had to imagine yeah. the person seeing this craziness um huh? but it, it wasn't as overt as candid camera or something of like we got you you know it was yeah. it was all focused on the the weirdness I, I remember I loved that series. There was one where they set up a fake Santa's grotto with all these stupid gifts. And there's a camera and the kid goes in the grotto and Dom Jolly dressed as Santa apathetically hands him half a skateboard. It's like a skateboard that's been <laughs> sawn in half. And, and the kid just takes it out and hands it looks at his dad and and holds this half a skateboard up yeah, <laughs> just like uh, and then there was one he 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 bumped into Paul Weller on the street and is interviewing him and then just ra runs away halfway through the interview yeah that's <laughs> yeah. and and but the brilliant thing is like on on a candid camera or something they would yeah. stick with that person yeah. reacting and but instead it. they just cut away onto the next thing and it, yeah. it's so like it's so much better in your head much funnier than if they sat and like oh wow that was crazy you know like yeah. it, there's something beautiful about that yeah. i've got a story if, if i'm not babbling on too long no nope. um i'm listening <laughs> my, my my wife uh uh claire zolke is a writer and she used to write a lot of entertainment kind of news stuff and she interviewed Dom Jolly once at the height of Trigger Happy. And I was a sociology minor um, in college. And there was some, there, I don't, I've forgotten it now, but it's some really long word. Um, it's like ethnomethodology, illogical, it's, it's some babble. And I said like, that's what he does on the show. It like plays with people's norms and, and you should ask him if he's, study that and she asked him that question and she he said like your boyfriend sounds like a real asshole <laughs> um, which was the perfect answer <laughs> because i was 
Um, so that was my connection to Dom Jolly. It's the, I hope he uh, said that with like a wink and a smile, not yo, just I'm a sure grimace. He did. I'm sure he did. Like, <laughs> you know, it wasn't it wasn't very deep what he was doing, but it was, you know, I was yeah. trying to make it like, I do don't know, some sort of study. Do you think the genius of the bit is that you really you don't even need to see the reaction because the limit is what your imagination has placed on it, right? Yeah, absolutely. You can imagine this person walking around for years, like scratching their head, questioning reality for the next 10 years. Or or they just scrunch it up in a ball and go, idiot kids. Yeah, But you, you get to own that, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's. Uh... I, I love that. There's another. There's another guy that does it. Uh, True Wagner. I don't know his name. It's something like Aaron Wagner or something. But they, he's got an Instagram thing, and he puts out um, flyers taped uh, taped to uh, street poles in L.A. And they're all super weird, and it's just that passing by. You know, like it's yeah. it's lo-fi also to a degree of like. Um, public access TV or something that you just stumble on and you really love and how weird it is. And like, you don't know if it's real or that, you know, if, if the thing is that bad, there's, it's just great. I've done a few of, I've gotten back into it. Um, I've started putting up flyers in my neighborhood of strange things. So. I've, oh, we need to link to um, the band video. Um Oh, the lemonade band. Lemonade thing, yeah. band, yeah. Look for the link to that uh, on, the, on the website, <laughs> viewers. I will leave it at that. I want to tempt. I want to tempt listeners in with that one. Yeah, that's that takes a lot of explanation, but <laughs> it's, yep. it's sort of a reverse version of that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay, so I, I think we uh, and then yeah again we'll we'll put links to to this stuff. Um, so here's, here's a rabbit hole you've sent me down this week. Um, Uh in the email, you said, I'm a huge fan of the, the film, the stupids. I got halfway (laughs) through it. Huge bomb, uh, directed by, by John Landis. So what is it? Okay. I have a theory, right? Every Uh person in them has one movie that they love against all of the odds everyone's got one with me it's the movie 1941 which oh, steven spielberg followed um jaws with it and uh the the explanation i heard of why it turned out like it was was that everyone in the movie was coked out of their heads it was the yeah. only movie steven spielberg said he ever did without storyboards yeah, um, yeah. And, and it shows right but with me i i end that movie doubled over in laughter all the time oh wow and, and i've think... never seen it I've, I've always read all the stories about how <laughs> terrible it is and what a disaster it was no it, it's definitely you know you can tell that oh yeah i see why these people would say it's a disaster but there's a couple of key scenes in it that are just uh surreal um, yeah and, and how good they are because it's like you know they were all coked out of their heads they were bound to hit genius a couple of times in the thing and that to me pulls me through so enough about me the <laughs> stupids what is it G- give me your explain well explain the movie because i'm assuming virtually no one saw it and then why <laughs> what it is about it sure it's it's based on a children's book series of the stupids and the stupids are a family that just does everything opposite like it, when they go to bed they sleep the wrong way in bed and their feet are sticking out and their heads are under the covers 
and they they're, they're just everything is opposite and everything's uh they're stupid um and so they made this john landis made this movie in i, I guess the mid 90s uh early 90s maybe maybe a little bit later and it had quite a budget like tom arnold is is the lead in it and it just tickles me like i i bought it bought it at Lori's Planet of Sound in Lincoln Square in Chicago, yeah. um, just on a whim, like somebody was recommended and you couldn't, I, I, so I picked it up and I watched it and it's just, it's so committed to stupidity and to like the idea of everything's opposite. Um, it, it, the, the, the set design and the costumes and the, the plot, it's just so, and so re recent, I've, probably seen it 10 times then we just watched it rewatched it again with my two kids who are two boys five and eight and they were you know like it spoke to them hmm. um i don't know it's just so committed to being so dumb that yeah. i love it more than anything you know it's and it's so it's the commitment is the key yeah yeah Not and wavering. it's just there's there's like stuff i notice everyone like every time i watch it like in this recent watching i had never noticed that um mr stupid is drinking coffee and so he's put the the bag of coffee grounds like the entire bag in a pot um into a coffee pot with water and so he's drinking out of that and i i don't think he's even drinking it's just sitting there on the table but it's it's i don't know it's it's wonderful and it's like wholesome in a way yeah yeah um, it's sort of peewee-esque the bit that yeah, i got oh, yeah, through yeah. is i think if you like peewee you're gonna like that film. to me yeah like if you watch peewee the <laughs> best part of that movie is um do you have something to add amazing larry um like there's that scene where they just mention amazing larry and there's no reference to why he's amazing or why he's you know it's just this weird little aside um and the stupids is just a movie full of that. <laughs> yeah, it's just one long weird yeah. aside from what I it's, saw. I think it's the closest to like a live action <clears throat> Simpsons, um, yeah. where it's just full of that kind of like strange jokes and yeah. yeah, I just love it so much. I would watch it right now again in a well, heartbeat. Like, are you a Landis fan? Because uh, like I am totally in the Landis camp in terms of directors. I like it. I, I wouldn't say I'm a huge fan. I'm a I'm a fan, but I I wouldn't count myself. That wouldn't be one of my first. Because it's uh, like he made Kentucky Fried Movie, which yeah. to me is probably the apex of American humor, which and, is great. Yeah, and, and but he also made the Thriller music video. It's like holy crap, dude! Talk about range. Yeah. I mean, that's just a range. Yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure. But I just. <laughs> yeah i i love it and i'm unapologetic that i i love the stupid so much oh. and the books are good too like the kids my kids have a couple of the books and they're just as silly and like just as sort of dad jokes hmm. um like they have picture frames in the background and it'll be like a it'll be a, a painting of a boot and it'll say like grandpa or something underneath <laughs> the you know like they're, they just do everything so wrong um but they're so wholesome and like it's just yeah. great it's huh it's terrific was was it written was it written by some like some person who turned out to be incredibly dark and i don't know, know. Huh. i don't know i think huh. it i think the the i think it was a guy i think it was two 
maybe Australian guys that wrote the the children's books, and I think they were involved in the in the script. But I, I I've never researched too much of it, other than I know I've read the reviews of it, which are great because nobody everybody universally hated it and I, I feel like didn't understand it but the, the reviews are fun because it's like they're on a different planet than I am yeah. um, in, in how I regard it so huh yeah I just said I think everyone's got one of that let me ask you as a filmmaker because I was thinking about this the other day right there are mm-hmm. so many bad movies right yeah at some point, if you're watching a movie that is so incredibly bad, right, mm-hmm. there's got to be a point at some point where the entire crew, the actors, everyone realizes, like, oh, my God, this is bad. Like, what we are doing is bad. Yeah. Like, how do they deal with that collectively? Like, everyone's got to be looking at each other in the eye, like, you know this is a steamer, right? You know this is... And, like, why, you know, these these movie uh, studios that are so risk-averse, how do these yeah. things sneak by them? I mean, the, the little sort of B-movie that gets made by a bunch of ex, you know, Columbia students, and it's, like, not a massive budget, you can understand. But when it's yeah. a lot of money, you're like, how does this even keep going? I think if you shot a movie sequentially in 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 order you would feel that way but the way anything is made you're shooting you know the end of the movie first and then for two weeks you're shooting the middle parts and like it's so it's so broken apart that you can't really see the forest through the trees oh. and then once you get into editing it I, i've done that like i've shot things that i thought were really funny or commercials or something and then you get into editing it and was like oh this we really have to save this with an edit because it's not as, you know, we were all doubled over laughing at how funny it was in person. And then you get in there and it's like, Oh man, this is, it's fine, but it's not, you know, I see the, I see the problems. Um, And most of the crew wouldn't be, you know, like on a big, big movie or something They you know, it's, it's a job for the most part, you know, like the, yeah, in a, especially in a bigger production, you know, like it's a, it's a nine to five kind of thing. Like you're not probably paying too much attention to the script. If you're not like the top line crew, you know, it's, it's, so I, I, I'm assuming people do realize all the time that it's a stinker, but I think just by the nature of how you make films and how, how weird it is, um, you wouldn't really have, (laughs) any sense until like the editor is probably the first one to realize like oh god what is this Um, (laughs) which i'm sure happens and then the editor too like you know that that falls as much on editing's head as anybody if a movie is bad you know like that's that's the that's the real god character in the whole thing of who can make this who can turn this edit around you know and like and make, make it make it work and they only and they barely get a mention at the Oscars, really. Yeah, no, I mean it's, uh, but it's impossible to tell. Like that, the editing Oscar is bizarre to me because how you don't know what was there. Like unless you were sitting in the room with every editor, yeah. you have no idea. You saw the movie. Like how can you tell what the edits were? It's a bizarre award. <laughs> like, oh. Okay. 
All right. Well, let's let's move on to the next one then. Um, okay. So you you said that you share an affinity for typos with your father, particularly uh-huh. in newspapers. Um, you still exchange clippings, and any sort of humor created by mistake is yeah. is good to you. So explain that one. And I I wish I had examples. I'm ill prepared, but um, it we've always, he's, he would always, uh, clip out things, uh, like where they, they used the wrong word or if something got cut off, um, uh, in a, in a caption or something, um, where it doesn't make any sense. I mean, it, it relates to the thing I talked about, like the found humor kind of thing yeah. of, um, you're like the thing I'm, I, I found one my dad just sent it said there was a thing from the Arizona Republic my parents live in Arizona and it says uh, NBA teams will wear contract tracing sensors amid pandemic so instead of contact <laughs> tracing sensors it's contract tracing sensors so like at any minute they're gonna like it's sensing what their contracts are doing and there's just something funny about like I don't know what's funny about that, but I really love it um it's. I think you like the folly of humanity. Would that be yeah. it? Just, just like st- strip the curtain back and say, "Look, we're all we're all making we're all fallible. mistakes here." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I re- in one of Gary Larson's Far Side books, he had a section in the intro about that about um, formatting some of his Far Side comics when things would get chopped off, and then suddenly the 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 cartoon wouldn't make any sense at all. Like if you chopped off the top, it wouldn't, you wouldn't see the sign. And that was the whole thrust of the, of the joke and how he really enjoyed that. Um, one of my, one of my, I remember I had it, my dad cut it out cause he couldn't figure it out, but it was like a far side era cartoon. It wasn't Gary Larson, but it was two fish in, in the sea and the fish, one fish was saying to another fish, which in French is like, oh, God. Yeah. Um, but there was no caption. It was, the caption was cut off or something. Yeah. And we just we both stared at it for the longest time of like, what does this mean? Um, and it, it was clearly just a mistake, either that or we're dense. Um, but I, I love that, that it was like this weirdness suddenly kind of by accident. It was, yeah. Maybe that was the editor playing with the uh, with the the newspaper that day to say, "Oh, let's see what people think of this." Yeah, How yeah. How many people it's wrote so, in? It stuck with me for some reason because I just like the bewilderingness of it. Like that, that you get confused for a few seconds, and it's great. Huh. And so he sends me stuff all the time whenever he finds something, and then it's the same thing of like the crass version of that is like black angus like the g burns out you know on the sign yeah, yeah. um uh it, you know it's that sort of thing like it, it, that's that's the other side of the you know yeah. where it spells something dirty or it, it uh there's just something nice about that that, that it's the, it, the world isn't as structured every every now and again yeah it's a, a little bit of innocent comedy i guess it's like um when you go abroad and you know signs have been translated to english like literally yeah. so uh it was kind of like we a few years ago 
if I can just bring this back to me, just uh, just uh-huh, sure. um, we went to uh, India to, and we went to the Taj Mahal, and um, <laughs> there was a sign that was like it just said something like "No throwing particles in hedges" <laughs> or something. Yeah, it just meant don't litter, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, and, you know, obviously I see this and I'm giggling and blah blah. But it wasn't till like after a weeks later when I was going through my um, photos that I realized like we went to the Taj Mahal that was the only photo I had was of that (laughs) sign like not the actual Taj Mahal itself one of the wonders of the world or whatever not one photo (laughs) but no sure like look at this stupid sign (laughs) (laughs) no that's totally totally me yeah. So, I love that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the I think sometimes I think there's a need to to see the um foibles of humanity and the slickness that we deal with now, right? Yeah, yeah. That's the psychology. Okay, uh, so we we've left the the really juicy one till last. Um, <laughs> um, it's kind of actually talking of how reading things funny. Um, you put, you put I'm a big Roy Anderson fan, and I read it as I'm a big Roy Anderson, like a wrestler. Like I'm a big <laughs> Roy Anderson fan. He's the best wrestler, but no, he's not. He's uh, he's Scandinavian, so there's no sort of frivolity. Um, um, so Roy Anderson, obviously is a Swedish filmmaker. Um, and I don't he... know, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> As, no, don't confuse him with big Roy Anderson. Uh, but, um, <laughs> yes. Um, so the thing, if someone said to me, what would Steve Delahoyd find funny? I would, the first thing out of my mind, mouth would be uh, Scandinavian slash German humor because it really is like so deadpan and just so not trying and therefore that much funnier because of yeah. that kind of thing. So g- give me, give me the, give me the, the, the background for the novice on Roy Anderson. So he's a Swedish commercial director that made movies um he's he i don't remember how many movies he's made maybe six or seven he has a new one coming out um but his his big thing is he never moves the camera so it's always a locked off shot uh there's been a couple of films where things have moved in the background like the background setting but there are always these shots of like um they're almost like paintings like everybody's kind of seated in one area, but there's a lot of depth to them. So they're big rooms. Um, and in the films there, everybody is like almost like Kabuki style white, almost sort of, yeah. they've got like a lot of powder. Like everybody's got this like deathly Swedish pallor to them. Um, but they're really super funny. Like his commercials are great and they are so painfully deadpan. Um, and there's a slow build to them that is just amazing. Um, and he sort of pops in the scenes. Like there's, I don't remember what movie it's from, but it's this law, it's like five minutes. Um, and all of the movies sort of intertwine, like there'll be scenes and then it'll go somewhere else and you don't know who these people are. And some of it will all kind of connect at the end or there's some sort of theme or, you know, he'll come back to some scene 30 minutes from now that kind of connect, you know, they're like loose segmented but anyway so 
there's this guy and he's setting up this table, this long table with glass and stuff. And he tugs on the, the runner every once in a while or the tablecloth every once in a while. And you know, it's kind of, you know what he's going to try is he's going to pull the, yeah. pull the tablecloth and then everything's going to stay there. And so it's this long, long buildup. And then he pulls it and it all falls over. Like everything breaks and it's just like cataclysmic disaster. And then that's it. That's that scene. Um, but it's just that it, like expertly or there's there's in in the movie a pigeon sat on a branch branch reflecting on existence uh which is a couldn't be a more swedish name um there's a they're in a diner uh or on a boat or something at a um a cafeteria thing and a guy they just open on the scene there's a dead guy on the floor and the captain is there and a couple of people that work on the boat and uh, they're saying he's he's died. He's died of a heart attack. But he was he died right when he had his food and his beer at the cash register, and so the it's this moment of quiet. And there's all these people looking behind, looking at the scene, and the the woman running the cash register says, "Well, he's not going to eat this food, or he's not going to drink this beer. Does anybody want it? He's already paid for it." Um, and there's a slow thing, and an old guy in the back says, "I'll take the beer," <laughs> and it's just this, you know, it's it's so quiet um but so ridiculously funny um but they're slow and they're swedish and they're you know it's it i feel like i don't watch a whole one in one sitting like i'll watch like half of one of his films and then do you you have any specific affinity with the the culture of scandinavia or it's just the humor part of it i don't i i do i don't know why i grew up in arizona in phoenix and i feel like you're always fond for the thing that's the most opposite. And so I've always loved <laughs> like Norway and, and Sweden. And yeah. I've spent some time in Norway and loved it. Um, uh, but I like the, yeah, I mean that, that style of just deadpan is, is yeah. great. It's funny with Scandinavians. Cause I knew a lot of them through motorcycle racing and they're like maniac take them out of scandinavia and they're uh-huh. like totally different but huh. i've been all around scandinavia like you know and and you know where the humor comes from if you set foot there right yeah because there's no drama in the place yeah yeah so no it's it's uh I have to go back and he's got, he, he's got a billion commercials. Like he's one of the most successful commercial directors in Europe and especially in Scandinavia. And like, you, you can watch on YouTube, like two hours of his commercials and they're all the, you know, I mean, there's the same setup where the camera never moves and something yeah. happened, you know, but they're 30 second, like little snippets of these and they're all, yeah. they're all great. And they're slapsticky, but in a slow sort of way, or, hmm. you know, it's just, it's, they're like living paintings kind of but right. funny um all right well that... and then you can brag to all your friends that you like this scandinavian yeah you come off as director come yeah on, come off as artsy all right well that that's um those are the items on your list we're actually gonna uh, wrap up in a couple of minutes but first i mean I feel like I have a, a section where I talk about the influence that these things have exerted on you, but with you, I kind of feel like there's no need for that. I, five minutes <laughs> on your website, and I I know that everything that you 
find funny, you absorb and mirror back. I feel like. Do you feel <laughs> that is a a a uh, correct description? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wish I I did that. I wish I did the humor stuff all the time for my work, but a lot of my work is like commercial stuff yeah. and um, which isn't as funny. But I've tried to when I work on personal things or when I. I try to make those as weird and me as possible because um, yeah. that's my that's my love. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, one, let's just talk about the last couple of things. So one thing that um, it's funny enough has been the hardest section for people to answer is what is the one thing that you feel like everyone else finds funny and you're just lost on it? That you just were like, I don't get this at all. Um, I've never been a, like a bodily, like humor kind of thing, like farts and, um, that's, that's never been, and I have two boys that are under eight years or under nine now, and (laughs) they they think it's wildly funny. And I've never, I've like, it didn't, it didn't get me in grade school. It didn't get me in, you know, like, I don't, I, that, that has never struck me or like like a gross out film like you yeah. know like any which which seems has been really popular in the last 10 years of yeah. um you know like a bridesmaids thing i think there's a scene i've never seen it but um you know that there's there's stuff that that's just that seems easy to me for some reason uh and i i i'm always it doesn't like come on guys you could have tried harder than that than somebody yeah. like you know, having explosive diarrhea or something like, I don't understand why that, why that was your grade A joke. You don't, <laughs> um, you don't get that in Roy, big Roy Anderson films. No, but if you did, it would be done well. And then I would appreciate it because it's artsy and Swedish. So um, then I, then I, then it would be acceptable, but I feel like I'm softening a little bit on that now that I've had kids that find it hilarious yeah. um, that I, their enthusiasm for that as, kind of put chinks in my armor but <laughs> i don't i don't know it's still not my my bread and butter so talking of armor i sent you a few links i mean we've known each other for so long it felt kind of redundant but um <laughs> i sent you uh, some links uh, one was a was a harry and paul uh parody of scandinavian yeah. uh, which i found hilarious just there was a line in it is like is this the first time you've seen a corpse or something yeah. <laughs> to, to an eight-year-old kid it was i mean um, yeah and then there was a french in saunders parody of bergman which mm-hmm. is burned into my brain it's like i know they did they overdid parody french and saunders but um that yeah. one was just so well done um did you find those funny or you just like yeah they were all right yeah oh yeah especially the the parody one the um the first one the the of this like swedish crime stuff like the it's fun to do a parody like that but then also the kid whenever he opens his mouth goes like ah, and he's <laughs> sort of like a penguin yeah. i guess is the idea yeah um but like a, a thing that is is like you've taken this parody which is great but then added this extra batch of weird is amazing and um, and then because you'd like Dom Jolly, I sent you the Philomena Conk, which that's yeah. been the funniest thing of the last few years to me. And it's funny that Charlie, God, don't you hate Charlie Brooker? It's like, is there yeah. anything you're not good at, you bastard? 
Yeah. Oh, that's great. And the the way she like the way it's written of like, oh, the way that the English is like sweat like they do is and was of like what what is I don't remember the way she was saying it is just it's so poorly written in such a smart way. It's great. Like yeah. I, I I don't know if you had you seen her before or was that an No, I'd never heard of that before. Oh, so got I'm, a, I'm you've excited. You've got a mainline the Philomena Conks. Yeah, that is top line. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we won't discuss 15 stories high because uh, that's that's old news. All right. Uh, well, I think I'm um, I'm going to wrap this episode up. Just to, have you got anything coming up we should be looking out for? Um. No. <laughs> I've been. <laughs> I've been at home for a year and a half, you know, um, I'm making some weird things as much as I can, but, uh, well, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm doing a thing for, um, a science Atlanta, which is some sort of fast thing that's being moved all online. And we're doing a promo for that Hmm. as like a pro bono thing with the, with the emphasis on like, or with the, with the caveat that like hey you can, we, we, we're gonna make this weird is that okay and they said okay and so uh that's that's what what i'm working on that'll be out and i think we're shooting parts of it on wednesday and then it'll, it'll be like a month later it'll be out but um that's that's how i get to do fun stuff for work is i offer to do it for free um and then they'll let me be as weird as i want to so Okay. All right. Well, we'll see that at, go up eventually at thehoid.com, will we? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that's been our show. Thank you again, Steve. Oh, for sure. Thanks for having me. I hope any of it was interesting. Very interesting, as usual. <laughs> okay. And uh, let's cue the jangly guitar outro and then the thing, the standard thing that I'm going to record.